Oh shit. Here we go again. We're back. Recapping the PGA Championship from this past weekend. Congrats to Colin Morikawa for a big win. Kind of came out of nowhere, but he's been playing really well. Can't wait to talk about that. A lot of, a lot of topics to hit for the PGA Championship. We will round out the episode with a little bit of the Wyndham, which is the last event of the regular season. Pretty crazy. Playoffs start next week. Um, and uh, we're getting ready to uh, pretty much be at the U.S. Open. It's it's close. Back up at Wingfoot and then uh, at the Masters, which uh, announced today that there will be no fans, which is uh, very sad for those of us that were trying to go. I had tickets, so upsetting. But uh, there's always next year, hopefully. Uh, we'll be exciting to... Like Jake said earlier in the text, look at the uh, look at Augusta National with no fans because they're going to have to do some crazy things with television. I mean, they've always done a great job, but uh, I'm sure we'll get a lot more insight that we than, than we normally do. Uh, all three of us in the booth. Vinny is in the new lab this week. Internet is not upgraded; still on the dial up down in uh, Mexico. But uh, Vinny, how you doing, <laughs> bud? I'm good, man. It's actually fiber. It's not too bad. So, but you have to like do some like routing through your neighbor and then like through the satellite dish or what do you guys got to do no 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 it's, it's fiber it's just it's not a brand anybody's ever heard of i think they supply just this neighborhood so uh, it is what it is <laughs> when, when like, you say fiber do you mean like a like a like a cotton or like a <laughs> what kind of fiber is that? <laughs> it, it's no at&t fiber that's that's for sure it's like Grupo Salinas, or what that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we also got Jakey, who um, almost had to fight some grown men in the fairway with two of his uh, high school team players yesterday. Jake, how'd you make out in the fight? Um, luckily, luckily, no fight. But uh, I mean, it, t- tempers were were ramping up. Let's just say. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to go through that uh, during my six and almost six and a quarter hour long round yesterday. Brutal. Oof. Absolutely brutal. You don't expect to tee off before 3 p.m. and be walking off the golf course in like near darkness. So that was a that sucked big time. But uh, yeah, here today, ready to um, ready to talk about like I mean, just crazy stuff. Before we do that, though, I have to you know Vince Vince has you know flown your nest right. Finally, the baby yep. bird he left the nest. Baby and, bird, and, <laughs> and he's he's in with his girlfriend, which is amazing, awesome. I get a I get a random message from his girlfriend on instagram last night and i'm like oh this is weird let me let me open this message up and it's a video message of vince scrolling through different clubs that he wants to buy and underneath of it it says does this happen all the time and i just wrote back to her it will happen all the time the rest of your life baby it's it's, he's never not going to be looking at this shit so that's awesome um but yeah all right so i mean pga stuff i mean first of all incredible win i mean the kid's 23 years old it's just unbelievable and i know that we're gonna get to him um but i've taken the driver's seat for this because i've been i've been writing some stuff down the way that i figure we have to look at it is this was one of the best majors i've watched in a long time because you truly like didn't know who was gonna win it right if they would have played five more holes legitimately we don't know if Morikawa would have been the winner or not. I mean, that's how close this all, this whole thing really was for a good chunk of the day. And we had like a bunch of different performances from 
um, you know, some players that you expected to be there, some players that you didn't expect to be there. And I think overall, it was one of the rare times where, like, you saw you saw a bunch of, of different things, right? You saw youth, you saw bombers, you saw ball strikers, you saw journeymen, you saw, um, you know, corn fairy guys, you saw all these different players sort of ascending um, into, <clears throat> into late Sunday. So I wrote down a bunch of names. I think we should go through, kind of chat about each of their performances briefly and um, kind of kind of see what we thought uh, about their Sunday and about their championship overall. All right? Do it. All right, here we go. The first name that I have written down here, Cam Champ. Dougie, let's go to you first. What did you think of Cam Champ? Um, you know, young kid, two wins. Um, we know he can absolutely melt it. Uh, and then suddenly, Saturday and Sunday, I mean, he's right there. What, what do we think about Cam Champ? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of Cam, of Cam. He was kind of the first guy to come out and just bomb it out there before Bryson took over. Uh, I mean, they're neck and neck in, in like all of those categories. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, he was one of those guys that I, I kind of written off. I liked him. You know, he came out, he won like his first event on tour, I think, or maybe first couple. Uh, and then he struggled, um, you know, with the rest of the season that year. And then he, he came back out and won uh, this year again or in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh and, you know, that was a big win for him. His grandfather was getting ready to pass away or had just passed away. So it was a really emotional win for him. Uh, and, and he's put together some some pretty good form here as of late. I mean, he's played well since the restart and the few events that he's played in. But the thing I, I saw on Sunday, and I think uh, one of the coverage members, maybe David Duvall or somebody mentioned, was you really could see Champ bombs it out there. But he just he doesn't have the touch right now because there was a few holes like he he should have just hit like a hybrid. Well, he probably doesn't have a hybrid in the, iron, in the bag, but a driving iron or four iron, but he would have put himself in the middle of the fairway and plenty, but he took driver missed like the dog leg and went right way into the rough. And that cost him a couple of shots, especially on Sunday as he was coming in. Um, so you, you saw a little bit of the inexperience there, but Hey man, I mean, top 10 at a major, uh, that's, that's going to be great for his confidence, especially going into, uh, the rest of the majors this year. And, and I think there's some good things coming from him. I'm not sure he'll, he'll can, he'll win a major this year, but I think you'll see another top 10 from him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, any thoughts on, on cam before I go down my road here? Not much. I, obviously it's his career thus far. It's kind of been one of those things. It's like, you're, you're surprised to see him up there. And if you don't see him up there, you're not surprised. So um, I'm happy that this was a PGA that he decided, you know, the PGA that he decided to start playing really well, um, and and kind of made his name uh, a little bit more noticeable. I think if he comes out and wins, or it's going to be like an affirmation for him again. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, like I said, it, it's weird for him and his career thus far because like you don't see him up there, you're not surprised. You do see him up there, especially at an event like the PGA. You're like. All right, well, what the hell is he doing in all the other weeks? And, he, and yet he can contend here. So I really think he needs to come out. He needs to top 10 a few more events. And, and, and then, you know, he'll get a little bit more comfortable under the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I know that you guys watched a, a ton of golf. And, and I watched just so much golf on the, in these four days. Um, because uh, ESPN's coverage, and we'll talk about that later, was awesome. But... The, the thing that stood out to me with, with Cam Champ was like, 
I think he gets a bad rap because he really does. I mean, he hits it so far. I think he's got so much left in the tank. He could, he could go even deeper than he does. And he's not like a polished player yet. Like when we think about, you know, some, some other guys that are uh, long, but have the ability to kind of, you know, rev it down and to, to control their distance and to be really good around the greens. But I think you also saw like what happens when he's really feeling it, like the way he was swinging it Saturday I legitimately, I was like, I don't know if he can handle the nerves to win, but I thought that he played on Saturday. I thought he played the best round. He was so smooth. He was like staying kind of within himself, chipping, which is normally his problem. He like was really good around the greens. He made a couple putts. And then when he had to put his foot on the floor and really kind of smack one, he did it. Um, I, I thought that that was like, this this major in general, just with all the players that were uh, you know younger, and we're going to talk about a couple more, I, he, you kind of forget about him as being one of the young guys. You don't put him in that group with like Wolf, Morikawa, Hovland, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought that the way he played was just absolutely impressive all weekend. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think you're right, Vin. It's uh, going to be interesting to see what, what we get from him going forward. Um, all right. Next player, next player. We're going to go from kind of one end of the spectrum to the other a little bit. Jason Day. Jason Day, what do we think? Vince, you can kick this one off. What do we think of Jason Day's performance this week at Harding Park? I that's a, I would say it's a bigger surprise than even seeing Camp Champ out there. I've written Jason Day off pretty much the last two years uh, mm-hmm. amidst you know injury, even rumors around injury. I think there was like last week they were like, oh, Jason Day's back's blown out again. And then yeah, he's right. out here contending, finishing strong at the end of last week and then contending at the PGA. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Doug can agree to this. Uh, I don't think he plays an exciting style of golf. Um, but yeah. if he finds form again, you may say you may see him win one more big event. I just I don't know how much he has specifically has left in the tank in terms of his his angst to win. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. The fire. Yeah, Dougie. I think that's a great point that Vince. Uh, concluded with there. He just feels like to me, he's one of those guys out there that just enjoys being on tour, but really doesn't care if he wins or not anymore. Um, I know he's had numerous health issues and, and physical health issues with his back and other things. Um, I will say this though, when he's putting, he's one of the best putters on tour. Um, yeah. and, And it looks beautiful when he putts. Um, he, I agree, Vince. He, he's just so boring to me. It's like, God, I, I, how did this guy used to be in the top five players in the world and then just completely lost form? Now, I know he's played well as of late. The last couple of events he's played in, he's been right around the top of the leaderboard. But yeah, it seems like, and this is not a bad thing, it seems like he's just a family man now. He, you know, he, He's happy being on tour, making some money. Um, and if he contends, he contends. If not, he really doesn't care, I don't think. Uh, I just don't really see the drive from him, and and that's part of the reason I just kind of I'm like blah when I'm watching Jason Day play uh, in any event, not just PGA. Yeah, I mean, I think you both make some good points, and actually, Doug, I think I think you texted me um, when you were talking about like how different his move has had to like become um, because of how bad his back is, like you know how he can't really like go at it like he used to, right? And, you know, he can't. There are certain shots you would see him you know, hit very, very high. I mean, he's always been a super high ball hitter. Um, but yeah, look, 
it's weird because I kind of feel the same way, right? Like I'm kind of worn out on Jason Day. But at the same time, I was like watching this weekend and he's back in the mix. And I was like, it is exciting because there was a time like it feels like it was forever ago. But in reality, it's like five years ago where, you know, Jason Day was, you know, you were thinking he could be world beater. He went on right. that stretch, stretch of tournaments. He won at Whistling Straits, won his PGA there. Um, and I mean, he won in a year when like Jordan Spieth was beating just everybody at everything. Um, you know, he's, he's top five to every major out there. So it's, it's interesting to have him back in the fold. I think if his attitude is as good as it was this week, then you'll see him play well going forward. But it's just hard to tell um, if that's going to continue or if we're going to get more of, you know, my back's blown out and yeah, I don't want to go. Wanna, I'm going to pass right, out on the fairway. I don't want to be here. I had the sniffles, like the whole. I mean, he was putting freaking gloves on out there this this week, which I was like, everybody dude, was, dude. It was freezing. <laughs> It was 60 <laughs> degrees. These guys on, got a, on one day, but it was like in the low 50s no, the other days. No, these guys got to man the fuck up, dude. I, I am tired of this this soft golfer. Like, listen, I know you live in Florida, but like 50 degrees is not cold. It's never been cold. It never will yeah. be cold. Well, he Get actually lives in Ohio. Ohio? Well, then fuck. It's cold as hell out there. I mean, come <laughs> on. All right. Third guy. I, I actually want it. This one is really interesting to me because like this is a name that – I knew before this week. I know you guys knew before this week, but we don't get to see him play that much. My boy, slipping Scotty Scheffler. What do we think of old uh, of old Scotty and um, and his performance this week? Kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, I'll you, go. I'll yeah, go. go ahead. Um, well, I've known a little bit about him just because he's he's played at Texas, so right. you know we're we're familiar with him. He's from the Dallas area. Uh, I know him and Romo are boys. Uh, yeah, he's got one of the weirdest moves on tour for sure that I had not really ever seen. It looks like he's slipping every time he, he makes contact. <laughs> um, but yeah, he can play. I mean, I, I think Spieth was one who said, he's like, yeah, I, I can't believe it's taken him kind of this long to get it going and, and, and have a good result. Uh, I know he's played okay in some other events, um, but not, I, probably not up to the standard he would like. Uh, definitely. I, I think he'd be an interesting personality if he starts playing well. Or the game, uh, mm-hmm. and one that I was interested in watching. I, I honestly didn't think he would he would stay up there, uh, you know, throughout the whole weekend. He ended up, you know, he fell. I say he fell back. Uh, he he finished t fourth. He still shot two under on Sunday, uh, three shots behind Morikawa. But yeah, I mean, great result for him. That gets him into all of the majors for next year. Uh, right. Probably probably won't need the help, but maybe he does. So that gets him in for all of that. So that's at least some some job security. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, he's one of those guys that's to me is interesting and I would love to see him, uh, stay up there and, and maybe rattle off like a year or two of good results. So he's on my, my list to watch for, for next year for sure. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Anything on him, Vince? Not much. I, I know Doug and I have talked to him, talked about him a few times this year and basically around you know he's come out the gates hot in a few tournaments and and you know shot six or seven under on day one and then then he hasn't had much you know he didn't make up ground at all through the rest of the week um i think he's pretty hit or miss right now and i don't know enough about his game to criticize it (laughs) It, it's just obviously he's like he's got some game to be able to contend that of course like harding park and and in an event like the PGA, but sure, 
I I think I still have to see more. There, I think there's some more people in the same in his criteria that I, I I'm pulling for even further. Um, like like Mr. Todd out there. <laughs> well, I mean, like, look, he he hits it a lot farther and and probably a lot better. Not not to knock Brendan Todd, right? The guy should have, he. I mean, he's he what top twenty this thing and played well all week and yep. you know had had a lead at a point, but. I think the Scotty Scheffler thing is interesting just that he kind of reminds me of the guy he played with on Sunday, right? He kind of reminds me of DJ, right? He's like really, really good driver, really solid ball striker, very good, like underrated around the greens, decent putter. I mean, he made one bogey on Sunday. He just couldn't make anything else. If you go back and like look at that round, it was like a fairly boring round for him because he was kind of hitting it to like 20, 30 feet, you know, hit a couple close and missed. And then, uh, you know, he had his kind of one slip up. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, if it, that's a week where you got to, you're going to gain a lot of confidence from that. And if you've had like, a, he's had a great amateur career. They, they pounded that home on the broadcast like a million times. Um, he's had a great corn fairy career. He like is in the top 20 or just outside of the top 20 in FedEx cup this year. So it's not like he's like a, under the radar guy i just don't think that we expected to see him on this kind of stage and uh especially in the final group to play as well and to drive it as well on that golf course on sunday put himself in position to potentially win and obviously it didn't happen but um yeah he's got things i didn't realize he's had five top tens this year so yeah he's, he's played well yeah i think he's just like exactly that i think he's just really solid i saw like um, Max Homa uh, tweeted something about him too, just talking about like people don't really realize like how automatic Scotty Scheffler is. Like, th- there's not a lot of shots that he should ever fear because he doesn't really miss it one way or the other. It's right. just you know, it's kind of like he, maybe he misstrikes it, but there's not a lot of like directional sort of issues there. Okay, so we've gotten through some of these like people that we kind of maybe didn't expect to see. Um, I have one more of those on here. And that is Paul Casey. I know we talked a lot about Paul Casey in the um, text thread, talking about, like, we all think Paul Casey's, like, a good guy. We'd like to see him win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously at the ne- nearer to the end of his career than anyone else that we've talked about um, so far for this. But what a freaking weekend from this dude. Uh, Dougie, I'll go to you first. What did you, what did you think of uh, not only his play, but, I mean, really his play on Sunday, too, to keep pushing uh, late in the round? Well, I'll say this. I have a huge man crush on those those forearms that that, that guy has. I mean, he <laughs> just fucking – I wish I had those and could hit the ball like him. Uh, it's wild that uh, – I didn't even realize. I went – I heard the guys on the coverage say his age, and I was like, that can't be right. And I went and looked. He's older than Tiger. I had yeah, no idea. I had no idea either. Um, so just wild that – I mean, I know he's been on tour for a long time, uh, been a consummate pro on the PGA – has played more here in the last couple of years than he has on the European tour. But, uh, yeah, man, I've always liked Paul Casey. I wish I, I was, ho- you know, I, I love that more Cal got it done. Don't get me wrong, but I was hoping Casey, uh, would, would get there. Uh, and, and he had some chance. I mean, he shot four under on Sunday in a major, which I think in most cases is probably good enough to get the job done. Uh, but not this week with more Cal shooting six under, but yeah, man, I mean, I think since the uh, the whole season is so condensed right now with all the majors coming up, and he's I think he's, he is playing this week. If he just keeps that hot form going, he's got a chance at Wingfoot. Um, I agree. And he's played well at Augusta. 
multiple times. So, you know, he's, he's got a chance there as well. You know, it's, it's a little bit up in the air with when it is in, in November um, with how the weather is going to be, cause it could be really cold. Um, and Jason yeah. Day may be wearing his mitts again, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I love Casey. Uh, I'm interested to see how he keeps going here. Cause like you said, he is older. Um, you know, I think these guys have found a way to recover quicker than they did in the past, especially with all the resources they have now. Uh, and being in a little bit of a bubble, all of their their resources are pretty close uh, and on site, so helping them. But uh, yeah, interested to see how he does. Kind of came out of nowhere, really, because I think he had only played in in the Memorial. Yeah, one other was, event was the one event he played. Obviously, I, I I believe he. I don't think he lives in Florida full time. I think he was over in Europe, so he was concerned with like the quarantine and all that stuff. So, right. Um, yeah, interested to see what happens now going forward. I was really happy he got a top five there with the T2 with DJ. Um, and yeah, huge fan of Paul Casey. Really like him. I, I totally, I'm, I'm going to hop in real quick then. I totally agree. I think the, the thing that you mentioned in there that's important for Paul Casey going forward is like he played a great round. He didn't lose this major. I don't, in fact, I right. would argue that a lot of these guys that we're talking about here didn't lose this thing. And that might be what's even more impressive and important about what Morikawa did was he just like flat out took it and right. won it. So if you're, if you're Casey though, I think you got to leave short, like you said, shortened season, condensed major season, you're hitting the shit out of it right now. And you didn't cough it up. Um, this wasn't, this right. is one of the few times in his major career that's not really on him. So yeah, I, I would leave with a lot of confidence that way. Um, Vince, you got anything to add on, on old Paul? Not much. I think we've all said, you know, we're all fans of him. We've all been fans of him. We always talk mm-hmm. about his iron game. Uh, that was, There was some premium on proximity this week, as sure. shown, shown by Brooks out the gate, and then he shat all over himself. Uh, <laughs> but Paul, Paul kept that going strong for four rounds, and I want to say he was like top 10 in proximity to the pin. I'm not surprised that he made the run that he did, and I think that uh, – if he brings that to Wingfoot or Augusta, he's got a strong chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's let's actually just move right into it since you said it. What happened to my pick for this week? Like, what? I mean, listen. There there are some times where you like write a check that you're you know you can't cash, so to speak. I did not expect to see that from him on Sunday um, at all. I cannot believe that Brooks came out of the gate. I mean, he clearly was struggling from the first tee. He was missing it left, which we've documented has been, you know, obviously his, his struggle over the past couple of weeks. Um, but like, he just didn't look like he had anything going. I mean, what did you guys, what did you guys see out of that? Either one of you. Go ahead, man. Yeah. I mean, he was my pick in the big pool too. Obviously rather disappointing. Um, it, like I said, if you are using shit talk to gain a mental edge, like, let, let's make sure you keep it there. Um, yeah. If there's anybody who doesn't display, uh, you know, a mental weakness normally, week in and week out, it's probably Brooks. He's just a fucking brick wall when it comes to emotion. Um, and then Sunday you go out, he goes out and shoots five over. So uh, w- when you need it, you didn't have it. And I think I think some people are going to, they're, they're not going to see him as like, they're not going to fear him in an event like that anymore. It's going it, to, it's a huge negative for him and his persona. I think, uh, mm. after the shit talk and after the round. Yeah. Doggy. Um, how do I put this? 
I, I think. Oh, well, first off, he shot four over on Sunday. He didn't shoot five, but okay. I wish he had shot Same five because then he then he would have tied with Hovland. Yeah, because uh, Hovland made a push. He shot four under on Sunday, who was my pick. Um, yeah, you know. So my thing with Brooks is obviously he's the he's a he's the killer in the majors, right? But he's just not healthy, man. I mean, you saw it on Saturday or Friday. He was out there. His trainer was stretching him between every shot, and he's saying he's tight. Like he, he just. I mean, I know he played well the week prior. Everybody's like, oh, he's prepping, but he just has not played well this year. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he just hasn't had the results. He didn't play very much uh, after the restart. I, He's just not the guy he was last year when he was you know, coming in to defend from the year prior. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think, I think like you said, he, you know, he's trying to come off as like this hard ass who is just trying to intimidate everybody where dude. These guys, Morikawa, especially the young guys, they're not intimidated by anybody. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They'll go out there and they'll shoot 10 under every day. Like, they, they just don't give a shit. Um, so I thought, yeah, a little bit petty by him to be like, oh, well, I don't even know any of these guys on the leaderboard and DJ's only got one. Dude, you know all of these guys because they're beating your ass right now every week. Right. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that about Brooks because I am a Brooks fan. Uh, I, just, I just don't think he's healthy. Um, and once he is healthy which I don't think you can get healthy in four weeks for the U.S. Open. He's got a chance to win again. He may be ready for the Masters in, in the fall. Who knows? But, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with uh, – not with his result because I was actually didn't think he was going to do that well this week, but uh, just with how he handled himself on Saturday going into the Sunday round. And um, a little bit to his credit, though, he, I mean, he was there through six holes. He just yeah. had a complete cluster on seven, which was a short hole for everybody. Uh, and a lot of people were driving it up close, and it was a, a birdie hole for pretty much the whole field. Um, that's where he lost the tournament. But yeah, a little bit disappointing for Brooks. Hopefully, um, you know that doesn't show his character going forward. Yeah, I think I was having like a little bit of an argument with somebody on Twitter, uh, like a random person. Um, and I think what? Yeah, I was tweeting a lot this week. I was like on the phone and on watching golf basically the whole weekend. But like, I think a lot of what you guys are both saying is 100% true. I loved the point that you made, Vince. The thing that Brooks has had, and it's really – I don't think it started at Aaron Hills. I think Aaron Hills was like, okay, this guy can do this now. You know, I think it was sort of seeing him win a second major, um, you know, seeing him at Belle Reve and things like that, go, you know, go up head-to-head against Tiger, come down the stretch and just absolutely ice him. Um, all of that is great, right? And it built this persona for him. I think he's almost taken that persona to a point where it has started to hurt him, right? Like he took all this energy to try to play some mind games um, and maybe go a step too far playing mind games with with DJ and, and like bringing up somebody who's been essentially like the most successful player of his time frame um, when it comes to, you know, prior to like Rory and them being, being around. Um, he brings that up. It backfires on him. And the other thing that can also be true is that he's maybe not completely healthy, but you, he was clearly searching, right? Like I said it weeks ago, he was going to go back to his old tailor-made driver, went back to the tailor-made driver, right? He took out whatever that driving iron was that he had in there, put the Nike back in. Like he was clearly searching for something. He was able to put it together for a couple of rounds, but between this and, you know, what happened on the back nine at Beth Page last year, 
I don't know if it's like right for us to look at Brooks like the killer that I think we all believed he was. He also didn't get it done at the U.S. Open, too. You have to remember that, right? Like He got beat at Pebble. He didn't beat himself, but he did get beat. He couldn't get anything going on that back nine, and Woodland hit that amazing shot on 14, got up and down on 17, and ended up winning the thing. So I think overall, like the, the point that Vince makes about Brooks's persona is probably truer than we think. Right? Like he's had an incredible major record. But he didn't close at the Masters. He didn't close at the U.S. Open. And everybody picked him to be the guy that was going to come out here and just, like, stomp on Sunday. And instead, I mean, he, he literally had nothing. To shoot four over is very rough. So, right. yeah, I think that's, that's a, a very, very interesting one. Okay, for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of group two players together real quick because they played together. They were in the same group, which I found fascinating. And I, wanted, I wish there was just a stream of their group. Um, then we're going to talk about one more guy, and then I want to definitely talk about Morikawa. So let's talk about the Bash Brothers group. Finau um, and Bryson going off in the same group late on a major Sunday. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we got a guy who has had some well-documented, I don't want to call them chokes, but collapses this year. Uh, and we got a guy who has never top 10 to major before in the same group late on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, very interesting performance from both of them. Let's go to Vince first. Vince, what did you think of uh, either Bryson, Finau, both? I, was, I think I was happier to see Finau make that run Sunday uh, on the back nine, you know, three birdies in a row. Mm-hmm. He's going to make one after that. But still, uh, you could see an immediate change in his character. And, you know, I think that's exactly what you need to, to overcome what he's trying to overcome, and that's get a first big victory. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a main the main victory with like a real field, <laughs> not saying the Puerto Rico wasn't or whichever one he won. Um, but still, I think that he's going to benefit more from this than Bryson. Bryson was just going after the, you know, he, he's just, he's going after the, the title. Bino's has got a lot more on the plate. I think that for him, uh, it's going to be huge for, I think for him, the remainder of the year. Right. Yeah. Bryson, Bryson's Bryson, in my opinion, I, I'm not surprised to see him up there is what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I think for, I mean, not to go into my take yet, but I'll say that I think your point about Bryson being up there, it, it's gotta be like somewhat validation for him, right. To finally do it. He did all this work to try to get a result. He didn't get the result, but he's been, it was better than any result he's had yet. So there's something in it for him, for sure. Dougie, what about you? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a big female fan. Bryson is just like, yeah, he's, He's done some cool things for the game, but I just don't love Bryson. Big beef. Uh, I, I was hoping Finau was another one of those guys I was hoping was going to get it done. He's had had the opportunity. He let a couple of things get away from him as well, but I just don't. I think he was too far back because he on Sunday to get it done because he would have had to shoot seven under just to get into a playoff with Morikawa, which right that's difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean he's close. He's clearly close, right? He's he's been in contention. He probably should have won uh, after the restart at least once. He's been there. His putter has is, is gotten a little bit hotter. He's not a great putter, but uh, he's he's been putting fairly well. Um, definitely very interesting that the two of them were together on Sunday with Bryson. Bryson is also close, I think. I, I, saw, I think I said this to you guys on Instagram. He is one of the co-favorites for both the U.S. Open and Masters coming up. Right. With actually Brooks, which is, I think, not great for Brooks because I don't I don't think he's there, but 
good for Bryson because I believe I do think he's close. And and if he won one of those two, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, hey, look, he whatever he's doing is clearly working. We'll see if he can stay healthy enough to keep this going for a longer period of time in his career. But for now, I mean, the experiment is, is paying off. So we'll, we'll see what happens coming up and, and going into the playoffs and with a couple of the majors uh, here on the horizon. Yeah, I think those are like really good takes from both you guys. The, the bottom line with both of them is it, it's it's a very important Sunday, right, for both of them. It's important for Bryson to get that result and to, like I said earlier, be validated for something that he's done. Every time he made a birdie, I was texting because you, you were full disclosure. Doug was going on a date, so we had to like delay our our PGA talk. So Vince and I were texting separately, and I was texting Vince, and I'm like, if this motherfucker, if Bryson makes another fucking birdie, like I'm done. I don't, I cannot deal with him winning this thing. And I still feel that way, right? I still feel that like I just I cannot deal with his brand of golf being what everyone wants and being mm-hmm. seen as like the best sort of thing. With that being said, obviously, he played his ass off, and he showed you that the work he's done um, will help him in majors. He's still not good enough around the green, uh, and he's still not good enough on the green, in my opinion, to do it. So that is what it is. But And also, I think having him in the group with Finau, and I don't know how you guys looked at this, I thought it was like such an interesting comparison, too, because you got Bryson, who like before a big tee shot, he's like, he looks like a dump truck, right? He's like <laughs> huffing and like puffing and like, getting ready to like just smack the shit out of this thing and hit as far as he can. Then Finau just steps up and it's this, it's like a Ferrari, right? It's like the smoothest. He just gets on the gas. However, when you look at Finau's round and I thought a lot about his round because Vince said something about him getting hot with the putter. There was a moment in there where I thought he had seven under in him because that's the kind of guy he is, right? He's like, he makes birdies in bunches. How bad was that shot on 16 T? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a classic female problem right he he can get there with three wood and instead of like you know maybe trying to manufacture some kind of like really soft cut with a driver or even just try to just absolutely blast three wood up the up the line um and and kind of hold it he tries to hit this draw three wood all the way over the trees it thought, I mean, he would have had to go over trees and over the bunker, by the way. He wouldn't have, there was no way on that line he was going to get there. And it ruined his round. But I think for him, it's, just, it's kind of the same thing as, as Bryson. You walk away and you say, like, all right, this, this has been my best Sunday performance. Did I make some mistakes? Of course. But I, I made a lot less mistakes than I made, like, at Augusta right. in previous, uh, previous attempts. So, in the end, I think a good week for both of them. I think, honestly, a course where both of them – going into the week had to feel like they were going to absolutely destroy okay we got two left to go we're going to go with the two the, obviously one of them's the champ and i can't wait to talk about morikawa but i also got to talk about this guy because it was the hottest round on the golf course it should have been in my opinion two shots hotter at least matt wolf sunday round out early i mean what what do we think about that that i thought was something special dougie um, yeah, dude, I love the wolf. Uh, obviously Oklahoma state guy, him and Hovland. So I've been following them for a while. And then, you know, we've been following the champ as he's been just red hot in the last month, um, yeah, or exactly. even into the fall. Um, but Hey, you know, all three of them played well. They all, uh, you know, Hovland shot four under on Sunday. He finished at one or two on uh, at two under, which was top 33 T 33. Sorry. Um, so good result for him in a major, 
Hovland or uh, Wolf and Morikawa, obviously in the top 10. Wolf finished fourth with a five under. When he posted 10, that was about the time I had to leave to go to dinner. I was like, this may be good. Like, I agree. I, I, the, everybody is kind of like they were making some birdies on the back, but it was pretty much like everybody made a birdie and then two holes later made a bogey. And I was like, man, this may be good enough. And I saw somebody tweet or Instagram that at the PGA Championship, they do the three-hole playoff, but it's not like if there's more than four people, they'll put them all in one group. So there yeah. could have been like seven guys playing yeah. one hole, which I thought would have just been wild. Dougie would have uh, left his date for that one. Oh, one thousand. So I made sure when we sat down at the date, actually, I had the view of the TV on the wall, but uh, <laughs> she won't be listening to this episode, I don't think. So uh, anyways, um, yeah, so Wolf, great things from him. He's another one that I think we've talked about can get really hot. I don't think he'll be the guy who's going to win 25 events in his career, but I think I think he'll definitely win a major and could win two, and I think he'll probably win you know seven or eight PGA events. Mm-hmm. And be that guy that's a cash cow. He's made a lot of money. Um, so yeah, big things from him. I thought it was awesome for all three of them to to play well. And then obviously on Colin, I'm not surprised he won. A little bit surprised he shot six under on Sunday to kind of take the field by storm. Um, but dude, this guy is going to be an absolute stud. Already is an absolute stud. Uh, made $5 million this weekend because I told Jake before we got on the on the cast that by winning PGA, he got the whatever, $2.7 million, but he also locked up $1.5 million for the second in the Wyndham top rewards. It's not 100% confirmed because there are a few guys in the field this week that could jump him, but uh, a decent Sunday for him. I think the worst thing he did, like everybody saw, is drop the lid off the trophy when he put it up. But uh, yeah, man, the dude is a stud. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins another two or three times this year. I know we've talked about this. This will definitely not be the only major championship that he wins. Uh, and he could go down as, you know, one of the best best players of our generation. And I'm excited to see what both him, Wolf, and Hovland uh, are going to uh, put together here for the next five or ten years. Yeah, I would agree. Vince, you got anything? Yeah, yeah. Just a few just a few quick things, and then we'll, we'll let you pull Morikawa back in. But... You know, I think we've talked about this before, too. It's it's crazy to see Wolf come out at an event like this and play very well, but not because he can't do it, but because he did the things that we usually shit on him for. He did them well this weekend. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I would totally agree. I was going to say the same thing. And for him, it's it's normally he's great off the fucking tee. He's long. Uh, and then he you get him into approach areas, and he's not hitting greens. Well, this week he... He was like top. He made 14 strokes uh, tee to green, and he was top in greens and rake. And guess what? The only thing he didn't do was putt well. I think if he putt well, he damn well mm-hmm. would have posted 14. Uh, between Saturday and Sunday, he could have shot seven under, and and both days. For sure, it like there. There's no doubt in my mind he could have got it to 12 on Sunday. I mean he he missed two shorties. He was hitting it. He's t- he was number yeah. one in total driving. So. Like Morikawa was was number one in driving accuracy, but if you want to talk about total driving, length, and accuracy combined, Matt Wolf was number one. Okay, he was like number three, I think, in like the ball striking stats, strokes gained approach. And honestly, you have to look at his first round to see why he probably wasn't higher than that because he he was like shot for shot hitting it 
as close as anybody was. A lot of guys were aiming, and I'll, I mean, course setup we can talk about in a minute, but a lot of guys were just aiming in the middle of the greens because those greens were really flat overall. There wasn't a ton of break. So they were like, oh, if I hit it, you know, 20 feet left, 20 feet right of it, or like I leave it short here and have an uphiller, it didn't, didn't matter how close they got. But Matt Wolf was trying to flag these things on Sunday. Like he was really going for it. And I think it shows you kind of what Doug said earlier in the year on a previous pod where you were saying like, all these guys are going to win a major. I believe that too. But it could end up being that like Matt Wolf's the guy who wins like three, but he wins less tour events than the rest of his peers. Um, and it's because of things like that, right? Where if he gets hot, he might not be touchable. So, all right, let's end, um, let's end our, our sort of Sunday recap. Obviously there was just so many guys in the mix and we had to talk about them all. Doug kind of touched on it already. Morikawa, what a performance. Um, just like, like I, I can't even, it's hard to even wrap my head around this kid at this point. Um, Vince, what did you, you have any like quick takeaways on, on Morikawa, you know, things that you want to go over from Sunday? I don't think there's much to say. Uh, he's clearly wasn't phased by being put in that, in the spotlight and being atop the leaderboard. Maybe, maybe he didn't know that where everybody stood because there's no fans. Uh, did that better? help him? Did did no fans help him win? I would say so. I think it, this maybe felt like, maybe it felt like a, a college, the collegiate championship win. It's just him, <laughs> right. his caddy, toting a bag, and and he's out there blitzing people. But um, I think Morikawa has the game that, you know, for the next 10 years, you're really going to see him uh, break some records, I think. Uh, you know, my favorite my favorite headings over the last two days is are... You know, is Morikawa going to be the next Tiger Woods? And based on what we're seeing so far, you know, $7 million made first season, one missed cut. I think that you're going to see a kid who's who's going to be up there even mm-hmm. when you think he's not. Right. What did we find out? This is the question that I, I wrote down and was thinking about a lot on Sunday, and I thought about it all the way up until this recording. What did we find out about Morikawa this week that we didn't know before? Either of you, if you have a thought. Oh, what, a cool, what a question. That's a great question. Um, I think yeah. I, we found out that he's an absolute killer. Like he, he, he has that tiger mentality. Oh, bro. It's like we're, like, it's like we're linked across all these like, miles <laughs> between us. This guy... Must be the fiber that's going to Vince's house. It's, right, it's Vince's new fiber. <laughs> this dude is an absolute killer. He does not have the gas to keep up with his peers distance-wise. He is so precise. I mean, he won that thing just being straight-up precise, precision. We talked about his putting being an issue, and you saw, like, he, he talked about it a little bit, and there was some Golf Channel report, or maybe it was Jonathan Wall on Twitter was talking about he made a slight adjustment to his putter weight um, in the last couple of weeks because he was feeling a certain way about something. And like, okay, all of a sudden he starts putting the hell, like putting, putting it great. I just think that whether he's the next Tiger Woods or not, I mean, we always are going to use Tiger as a comparison. And that's where I wrote down my next uh, big picture question after this PGA. But like, whether we use Tiger as an example or not, he's clearly far and away the best ball striker on tour right now and we can't there, there's not anything else you can say but that 
right? The kid went for the kill on 16. He got the kill. Um, the, ch- the chip in on, on whatever that was, 14, that's neither here nor there, right? He hit like the first bad shot I think I've really seen him hit with a wedge ever and then chips in, you know, and that kind of changes his fortune. But, I, I mean, it's just that kind of game. I, he's never not going to be in it. He's always going to be there. Uh, and I think that that's just going to be absolutely wild. But I agree, Doug. What we learned about him, absolute killer, total killer. Um, and that'll be really, really interesting to see where we go. All right. So I wrote down one other question, and it goes back to Vince's point about Tiger Woods. We take a lot of golfers, we measure them by their major wins. And, you know, we look at a guy like Jack. We look at a guy like, you know, Tiger. You know, Faldo's got six. We heard all about that this weekend. You know, Arnie's got a bunch. Trevino's got a bunch. Uh, Watson's got a bunch. And I wrote this down. In modern golf, how many majors do we consider to be a bunch? Vinny? I think if you win three out of four, or three of the same regardless, I think that's a very good milestone. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you've seen Phil Mickelson's career, and he still doesn't have a U.S. Open. Right. Um, So... I think if you are three out of four, you win three, you contend all the time. Like, I think Phil's got, what, like two second places at the U.S. Open. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt he's a Hall of Famer. It it is. I think I think that's a very good career because the field's growing. The field is the the people in their 40s are still playing great. The people in their 20s are mind bogglingly, mind bogglingly good. Uh, It's just. Uh, I think golf's in a great place in terms of the competitive field. So yeah. I think th- getting three is great, and getting one at 23 years old is uh, a great fucking start. Is a bonus, yeah. Dougie? So Wikipedia says a bunch is five or more. <laughs> uh, um, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I I think... I think three or more. I agree with Vince. I think three or more. I don't. I don't necessarily think... You need to win three of the four majors or all four to be, you know, considered the top of your class. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I I think we've talked about. It. I think Brooks could maybe win a British and maybe win a Masters, but if he won four U.S. Opens and three PGAs, he just dominated that that setup, and that's fine. And I think it could be the same thing for Colin, and I think will be the same thing for Colin. But I, I also think he has the game to win in all different facets, just because, like you said, Jake. He's not a bomber. He knows his game. He's an absolute ball striker, and he can control flight in a way that a lot of the guys can't. So he could win everywhere, um, and I and I personally think he'll win at least five in his career uh, yeah. if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you're I don't think you're wrong in in terms of talking about him winning everywhere. I, I listened to a, a previous pod like from a couple months ago when we were talking about these guys and you know where we could see them winning and. I think I think it was me and 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 maybe you, Doug. We're talking about like, well, I mean, Wingfoot would be great for Morikawa because you got to hit it into these little right. spots. You got to hit it into these really tiny spots on greens to have these flat putts. And I mean, that's we're a couple weeks away from that. You know, I don't know what a bunch is for these guys at this point. I don't know what a lot of majors is, but what I do know is that I don't think we're ever going to see guys that touch numbers like the people from the past, and that's okay because. 
this weekend, I think more than more than ever, just showed how incredibly, incredibly deep golf is, right? Like a guy like Scotty Scheffler had a, a glimmer or more than a glimmer of winning this thing, um, as did somebody like Cam Champ, like we talked about. Uh, it's not just that it was the setup that allowed all these players with different skills to get in. I also think it was just it's just a, a point in golf right now where, uh, like Vince just kind of made a point, Guys that are in their 40s are still there. They can still contend. Phil is 50 years old, and like legitimately, I don't think this is a situation where he can contend, but there are going to be places where he can contend. Yep. And then you also have guys, I mean, Matt Wolf is a junior in college. You know, That's what he really is, and he could have shot a Sunday 62 uh, to, be, you know, to really have put a lot of pressure on guys to catch him in this, in this uh, major. So. I wrote down four was my number, by the way. I thought four was like that. That goes under like I've now won a lot of majors is, is four. But I, and I don't know. But that's where I, I kind of look at it. So. I mean, dude, to be honest right now, he's 23. If he wins another one, <laughs> one of the other two this year. That's different. We have a serious issue like where we need to start thinking like, all right, this dude is on a pace to win 10. <laughs> Do you remember somebody else maybe doing that, though? Like recently, would have been like well, it's got to be Brooks probably, right? Or well, he's older now, I guess. Uh, I can think of. Missing? I can think of two guys. Who, who that, are you thinking of? I think I can think of two guys that cranked well, Spieth, out. Spieth, I guess. Spieth. Spieth won two in a year. He sucks yep. now. Yep, and we can think about Rory, right? I mean, yeah. Rory it was two in two years, so it's. I just don't think we realize different games. Def, def, I definitely think it, the, the whole thing is different. First of all, I think even though those guys are like Rory and Spieth are still what we would consider young, more Spieth than Rory. I think Rory is more in like the prime sort of section. But like we can look at Spieth as someone who's young. He was like the first wave of these like young golfers that were out here that were ready to go. And you hear that, right? Like Spieth, JT, Rick. Oh, shit. Let's not talk about Ricky, but Spieth, JT. Like, you know, uh, um, these guys that could come out here at Burger, like could come out here and they're ready to go. They're ready to win, et cetera, et cetera. I think that they had to kind of almost like pave the way for this generation to be able to say like, oh, like those guys did those things. Um, but we're even sort of more in tune to that. We've been thinking about doing that uh, and that being a reality even more than they were. So I think, yeah, these next. I, maybe the next, I would go five to seven years. I think it's just going to be absolutely insane how tight um, leaderboards are and how deep fields are um, and how, may, if you're a multiple major winner and you do it pretty quick, like it's it's a huge accomplishment. But you're right. I mean, like, let's say Morikawa does win at Wingfoot. It's going to be the same thing that we heard about Spieth, the same thing that we heard uh, about Rory, the same thing that we kind of heard about Brooks. So it should be, should be super, super interesting to see what happens. But yeah, congrats to him. What a, what a Sunday. Great to have Major Golf back. Mm-hmm. All right, let's not spend a ton of time on this course setup. Anything you guys want to highlight on that? I thought it was like a super fair, really good test. Um, obviously, PGA, they know how to get the best out of what they're doing. What did you guys think? Vinny? Yeah, I thought the course was set up well. Um, I thought the, ref, the rough was as penal as it needed to be. Um, mm-hmm. If you were not precise... And getting out of the rough, you're gonna hit it dead right. We saw we saw a few people 
if not if more than not more than a few, they had to you know advance the ball seventy yards into the fairway on on even short par fours. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it took uh, scoring opportunities out of people's hands, and we used this phrase before. It was premium on driving and premium on proximity this this week, and uh, it showed for people who didn't hit greens. They they had no chance. Yeah, for sure. Dougie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Vince hit it on the head. Fair setup. If you, you hit the fairway, you could score. If you didn't, you were kind of in trouble because, you know, there were some large trees out there and the rough was thick. There was a, a few spots that uh, they got lucky and, uh, you know, had some decent lies in the rough. But, uh, yeah, I thought all in all, they did a good job with pin placements uh, and, and everything. And I thought the course was, was very fair. Cool uh, course, t- by the way. Sick course. Very, very cool course. Uh, I think it's like it might not be like the most amazing course, but I think it showed that like it's a really good course for pro golf to hold events at um, if you want to have exciting leaderboards, because there's not the the greens don't present enough danger that you're not going to see guys make a lot of pars and a lot of birdies, um, depending on what the setup look like. I do want to highlight one thing that Vince texted me. Do you remember what you texted me Sunday night, Vince, as we were when we were watching? I don't. about the bunkers? What did you say about the bunkers? Oh, I said I love that they were as firm as they were because uh, you had to have a special kind of touch to make a good shot out of the bunkers. Oh, I am I am all about. We need to have the the dirty muni sand in all the on all the PGA Tour stops. Like, let's get these guys off this like cushy million dollar sand and let's get them in the dirt. Like, I loved seeing them have to try to figure out. Oh man, I can't go upstairs and just stop this thing. I have to chunk this out. I got to do X, Y, and Z. I thought that was really, really fun and really cool. Uh, okay, last piece about the PGA, and then I'll let Dougie take over for this week. Coverage stuff. I would pay, I don't know, $400 a year if I could just have the ESPN stream all the time because it was so fucking good. It's all I ever wanted. I never want to hear from CBS again. Absolutely ridiculous. Dougie, what'd you think? Uh, SVP is the absolute man. What a coach. Um, dude, he's so good. I could listen to him all the time. Uh, we need to... Uh, Nance is awesome, too, but Faldo's got to go. Agreed. Phil Mickelson, as soon as you're done playing golf, you got to go to the booth, bro, because you were <laughs> fucking gold. It was so good. Uh, he was throwing out some like quirky tosses in there. He was talking about like how he would play the shot. I love that. Um, he called one of the shots that Finau hit saucy. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. I, I loved him. But yeah, the ESPN did a great job. Um, I mean, they had pretty much full coverage the entire time. They had two uh, two featured groups going at all times, and then they had their coverage of the entire event. Uh, yeah, man, they were, they were they were really really good, and I I hope that uh, we get more of that. And I I, I think. You know, I, I, all of the people in the golf world were kind of saying the same thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, we get more of that in our life. Because, yeah, the ESPN coverage, they did a great job. I thought even David Duvall did a great job. Um, I've always been a big fan of his, and he was great on coverage, yeah. too. Because they give you a unique perspective of the way that they play shots, and then you get a unique perspective from, like, SVP and those guys that, you know, aren't the professional golfers but just love the sport and – uh you know, are, are great at, at capturing the moment for people. So all in all, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that you just said there is the most important thing to highlight. You're talking about like perspective. You have 
David Duvall, former world number one. You have Phil Mickelson, still playing golf, high, super high level as a 50-year-old. And they're giving you, like, true insight, right? Like, the things that Duvall was saying were things that I maybe wouldn't have known about what that shot needed to look like or, or why that player might have done what they did. And like you said about Phil uh, highlighting Finau's shot around the green. Phil's talking about, I would play this low out of the back of my stance, and then he sees Finau, like, line up, open the face up, and get it up in the front of his stance. And Phil, was, he, had to, he stopped everybody. He's yep. like, oh, you, you guys got to see this thing. This is going to be crazy if he pulls it off. He's like, you know, he said, you know, saucy or whatever, and it was. And then you have Faldo, who's a former world number one. He's won six majors, and all he does is mumble along. And, like, that's the difference, right? Like, giving people insight is really important. We don't get enough of it. I was also really frustrated by, and I, I think Vince and I were texting about it, like, CBS showing shots out of order. Like, why, why do I know? I, I see Bryson hit a shot. And I see a ball on the green. So I know Tony Finau's already hit. Right. And then they're like, okay, and let's go to Finau. And then I see Finau hit after Bryson hits. Why not just show me Finau hit and then show me Bryson hit? Like the whole uh, storytelling aspect of that production just made like no sense. You knew everything was delayed. Um, it took a lot of the drama out of those last couple holes. Um, I, I wasn't really that, – that, it really – piss me the fuck off for sure vince anything on coverage not much obviously we, we we all said uh and i definitely said to you guys how much i loved having phil in there um you know I, i'm gonna be upset if he doesn't take like a, a broadcasting contract instead of playing on the champions tour i don't think he needs <laughs> yeah, to me too. uh you know if they can offer tony romo a shit ton of money i think they could pay phil mickelson more um you know if he can get one in the world so can phil but uh, it, it's just so evident uh, how a playing professional brains work, and you don't get to hear any of that because they're playing. So having Phil in there, it, it just shows you exactly how many different things people have to think about. He just did it and happened to be saying it to us through via the, right. via the broadcast booth, and that's the shit I love. You know, mm-hmm. you, every, you we think that Bryson's the only scientist out there. That's not true. Uh, Bryson just kind of puts it, you know, he puts it on display in a certain way. But right. definitely these guys are thinking about the the millimeters of golf. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Dude, and, how? Go ahead, Dougie. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was just going to say, you, you brought up a good point there. How good would coverage be for the next 20 years if it was fucking Tony Romo and Phil Mickelson in the booth? <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be unreal. So good. Sorry, I had to interview, interview with that. Go ahead, Ben. That would be that would be like, and you know what would be cool? That, like you have Romo and Phil in the booth calling golf, and then the next week you put Romo and Phil in the booth calling football. Now that, that saucy. Be, that was a saucy throw. Well, that was a saucy throw. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So, I look in the end. Awesome PGA. Incredible to have major golf back and. Um, just just so damn good. I cannot wait for Wingfoot. Um I'm going to I'm going to relinquish control. I haven't run the pod in a while and I forgot how incredibly uh, tough this is. So I'm going Dougie, you take back over here. Let's really let's get tough. in really, really tough. tough. Let's get um, into PGA Tour. Yeah, all right guys. So yeah, great things last week. Amazing that we even had a major championship this year. I mean, it seems like every sport football college football shutting down. So Awesome that they were back out there. This week is the last week of the FedEx Cup regular season, which is pretty wild. 
and normally 36 events, 33 events. And um, obviously we, we missed what, 10 or 15 with COVID. And here we are. Uh, Justin Thomas is the only one, as I said earlier, who's lo locked up the uh, number one spot in the Wyndham top reward. So he got a $2 million bonus there. Congrats to him. And then two through 10 is still technically up for grabs, although Morikawa is pretty safe up there at two. Uh, I think Webb has to finish like top three this week to pass him or, or have the chance. But those guys in the top 10 get a nice little bonus from Wyndham. Uh, plus, I think they get like a million travel points, which is that's pretty sick. Uh, and then there's always this week is one of the great weeks to watch the guys that are battling for the top 25, top 125, excuse me, to get into uh, the first playoff event, which will be the following week, which is the Northern Trust. Um, and it's always one of those weeks where it's it's just it's like watching the Corn Ferry Tour finals because you're watching these guys fight for their their live livelihoods. A little bit different this year. Because uh, because of COVID, uh, PGA and the Corn Ferry made a little bit of a change. So uh, the top 10 guys on the Corn Ferry, they are not going straight into the PGA Tour, which kind of sucks. Uh, they're they're going to get fallen in behind the uh, guys ranked 126 to 150. So they'll get some starts next year on the PGA Tour, just not full status, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a bummer for those guys that have been playing their whole lives. And they you finish first, second on the Corn Ferry. Obviously, those guys are probably very good and we'll be okay but still a little bit of a bummer um and the all of the guys from 126 to 200 will go to the corn Ferry tour finals uh with a chance to get back on the pga tour although they're still um on the pga tour next year because of covid but they're they're fighting for their uh placement in the uh in the standings because it's not like hey you have your pga tour card you get to play in every event no it's based off of your your rank fedex cup points ranking right. uh and and everything else that uh, is going on. So some interesting storylines this week. JT Postman is there defending. We'll start off with that, guys. Is he going to repeat as winner? Uh, and will we see a top 10 out of the Postman, Jakey? Um, I'm going to go with no on the repeat winner, but yes on the top 10, because I think he's been playing some really good golf, and I, I like love his move. So I'm going to say yeah for the top 10, no for the repeat. Vinny? Yeah, I am kind of out there on picks this week. I don't really know. Uh, are we doing picks right now? Sorry. No, no, no. no. I had to ignore question. a work call for one second. Is uh, do you think Postman is going to finish the, uh, repeat as winner last uh, from last year, or and finish in the or finish in the top ten? I'm going to say no. Uh, I think there's a few guys who are in the field that are playing really well, um, who have seen Sedgefield before that. That are also going to play well this week. They played well at the PGA, um, so I'm going to say no on that. Okay. Right. Uh, power rankings this week, real quick. Uh, Maverick McNeely making his debut in the top 15. Uh, Danielle King's boyfriend, Mr. Danielle, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, boyfriend, yeah, boyfriend. And she went back to back. Obviously, uh, not obviously, but congrats to her. If you haven't seen, you need to go back and watch the last six holes from the LPGA event this week. Hopefully you're not a big Lydia Co fan because you might puke yourself to see what yeah, she did. But uh, Danielle Kang, a monster in the women's game, and I love watching her. She's a great player. Um, also went back-to-back -back in the U.S. Women's Amateur, which uh, was also fun to watch this weekend. So if you can, go back and watch that too. Um, Danielle Kang was a back-to-back -back winner there and then also went back-to-back -back in the last two weeks at LPGA. So... Uh, shout out there. Anyways, uh, Henrik Norlander, Vinny's boy, is 14th. 
Mr. Uh, 58, Jim Furyk, is 13th. Patrick Reed, 12th. The Choker. Chez Reeve, 11th. Brooks Kapka playing this week. I think if you had ever asked him in the past, would you play in the Wyndham Championship, he'd say, fuck you. But he needs uh, FedEx Cup points. He's, he's, he's securely in. Don't worry about that. But he's like ranked 90th, so he's trying to get into the top 70 to secure a spot for the second one. Uh, Ryan Moore, 9th. Toddster plays every week, 8th. See Wu, seven. Paul Casey, Mr. Forearms, sixth. Billy Horschel, fifth. Eris English, fourth. J. Rowe, three. Kevin Kisner, two. And Webb Simpson, number one. Let's, uh, Jake, I know you uh, had a little bit of a mishap with the uh, points, so we apologize to the viewers for that. We'll get that. But we know last week, Vinny won. Uh, Jake barely got second because Brooks uh, shot four over on Sunday. And uh, Dougie, like he's done pretty much every week, except for the following the past week, finished third place. We got one point. So we'll get those updated totals to you. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to rip Brendan Todd this week. Todster. He, he will win for the third time on tour this year. Or this, yep, on this year. And uh, he's going to get me another win. I did actually, because I took uh, Berger. Uh, in the big pool last week, moved into the top 140. So I'm coming or to the uh, top 70. So I'm coming for Vinny. I'm only 50 spots back, but uh, Todd is my man. Jake, who you got? Uh, I'm going to uh, go with dirty Harry English this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I actually watched him a little bit because I showed him on ESPN uh, coverage a little bit. Dude is flushing it. And I think uh Sedfield sets up really, really uh, well for him. Good golf course for him. Good golf course overall. Harris English, that's my pick. Vince? He, just say, Jake, he has not missed a cut at Sedgefield in six the years. Guy, the, guy's, the guy's been playing some great, great golf. Six, so. for, six for six at Sedgefield with uh, two top tens, I believe. So there you go. Sounds like a really good pick. I uh, am taking big hat Mr. Ches Reeve for this week. <laughs> Love it. Wow. I don't think this is a bomber's course. That's probably a good. It's not. Yeah, I it's think not. it's just over seven k. It's probably it's very similar to, uh, you know, the PGA even in length. I think it's a little shorter and fairways. And we know Ches hits the ball dead straight as long as he can putt. I think he's got a really good chance and he's playing well. So can't yeah. write him it's off. A- he he did top five, the PGA. So. Um. Okay. I did also want to point out that for the, um, I forgot to do this, for the eligibility I was talking about a little while ago. So um, I think this is cool. Normally, if you want to get into the tournament, Century Tournament of Champions in Hawaii at the beginning of the, beginning of the spring season, the wraparound, you have to win the pre- previous year. But because there was numerous events that it didn't play, they're also letting, if you make the Tour Championship this year, you get to go to the, the uh, Century Tournament Champions, which I think is is really that cool. Might, that sounds better than a regular. Yeah, I agree. So that that you're going to awesome. have a good field there because I think all those guys love playing because it's free money. Yeah. There's no cut and free FedEx Cup points. Great, so great, great golf course. Yeah. So guys, we talk about this every year. This is the last uh, event of the regular season. There are a few big names outside of the cut work trying to work their way in. Zach Johnson. Uh, one of the notable ones. He's 129 right now and is 16 points out of Charles Schwartzel, who is Mr. 125 currently. Will Zach Johnson play well enough to get into the Northern Trust uh, the following week? Hell no, he's not going to play well enough. Do okay. you see him? He, had that, he played that first round, uh, led, led the PGA 
and then miss the cut. I, I don't think that there is an ounce of confidence in his body to go out and play well this week. Wow. Yeah. How about him and Keimer just firing Thursday and then just absolutely imploding <laughs> on Friday at the PGA? I, I think I texted you, Doug, and I was like, oh, this, this really does feel like one of those Martin Keimer things. Like, yeah. I, I for a minute, like, you know, you haven't had majors for a while. This And he's always that guy, like, has that one hot round, and then he just never lets it go. Um, but, yeah, th- that was that was bad from both of them. Worse from Keimer, I, in my opinion, because I'm not a huge uh, Zach Johnson guy, but – yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna do anything this week. Any? Yeah, I don't have faith that we're gonna see uh, a lot of consistency <laughs> out of either player. Uh, okay. I'm just saying, I like I like ZJ's game. I think you know it was an all time moment seeing him win the British a few years ago, and then uh, I don't think I've said his name since. So the fact that we it, saw him fire a great round on Thursday is uh, the fact wild. that he's still playing golf. That's all it is to me. Yeah. yeah he, he, Go ahead, Doug. No, no, you go ahead, Jake. You know what killed killed him, right? There's an easy. You can just do a little uh, research. You can find out exactly what what happened to uh, to ZJ's game. What happened? He went to PXG. Huh. If you look at his numbers, world ranking wins, all of his stats prior to moving to PXG, and you look at them now, and and in his years since, it's been a very very steady decline. And if you look at his what's in the bag on Golf WRX, you'll find out that he really doesn't play that many of their clubs at this point anymore either. So I think it's uh, overall been a very hard transition since moving from Titleist for him. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, his last win was the British Open, so pretty crazy. Uh, okay, Sergio is 134th. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is 30 points out. Will Sergio play well enough to get into the field for the Northern Trust? Vince, go first on this one. I'm gonna say yes. I I think he's he's playing some decent golf right now. Um, obviously, he didn't make the cut at the PGA, but before that, he had a top five at the RBC mm-hmm. and a and a few middle of the pack. Uh, you know, like 30s. Like I think it was like top 30 for the uh, last three events leading up to the PGA. Um, I think Sergio still has enough in the tank to put piece together one good week and, and make the. I think the champ, uh, the Northern Trust, yeah. Okay, I would agree. I think uh, I think Sergio gets it done. Good, really, really good golf course for somebody of his uh, skill set. So I, I could see him uh, making up those points and getting in. All right, last guy, Shane Lowry, the dude who I'd love to have a beer with. He is sitting right there in front of Sergio at one thirty-one, so only twenty-one points out. Will Mister Lowry play in the Northern Trust? Yes. He was in it at the PGA, um, and like for whatever reason, CBS didn't show him on coverage on Friday or Saturday. Uh, even though I think he had a tough Saturday in the end, but I, he was in it for a good chunk of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's playing well enough. And again, this is like you said, it's a course that doesn't really reward bombers. You have to have a little bit of imagination on and around the greens, which I think we saw. Uh, that's one of Shane Lowry's sort of best attributes. Um, so yeah, I think I think he makes it. I agree awesome. with Jake. I, I think he's also going to make it. You don't have to ask me much. I don't know too much about his game, but <laughs> he's I, one of those guys that I don't think plays that much. He just kind of yeah. is one of those dudes that just enjoys playing as much as he can and and having fun out there and and drinking beer after in the clubhouse, telling good stories. For sure. Um, it, it, so I saw that everybody from 108 on the points list to 150 is playing this week. So pretty pretty. 
pretty going to be pretty nuts at those guys at the bottom trying to make the cut for the weekend because every point matters, uh, especially this year because the spread is so thin between those guys since there hasn't been as many events. So going to be fun. Uh, I've always kind of enjoyed watching Wyndham just for that reason, watching guys you know see the green or red on their number uh, moving in and out, especially if those guys right around the – my boy Russell Henley is – Four shot, four four spots clear right now. He's one twenty one, so hopefully he stays clear. Um, all right, guys. So end of the season, we've got uh, playoffs around the corner. What? Uh, this is a big question. What has been your biggest um, biggest highlight of the season? And let's we'll keep the major out of it. Biggest highlight of the regular season and uh, your biggest disappointment. Jake, let's start with you. Um, my biggest highlight in the regular season, I guess my biggest highlight in the regular season is like the return of the regular season. Uh, it's been a crazy, a crazy year. And, um, I just think like, I I really didn't think we were going to have golf. I know that everybody was talking about it and it seemed like it was, we kept saying it was the one golf or the one sport that could return. Um, but I just, I really didn't believe that it was actually going to happen. And then for it to come back. And uh, come back in the fashion that it has and be so exciting has been awesome. Um, in terms of like, I, I just, I also think the Morikawa story and the youth movement on tour this year has been my favorite thing to follow and watch. And uh, it, it just, I'm so excited to see, you know, even more of these guys hopefully ascend and then have this incredible, you know, rivalries going on for the next couple of years. Yep. Vinny? I think I, on Jake's team with this one too. Yeah, the fact that golf's being played is the best story of the year. Um and my favorite single moment I think was uh you know, hole number 16 from this weekend from Morikawa. Uh what a just a great tee shot and and the stones to to make an eagle putt exactly when you need it. Uh I think it, it was crazy to have like a chilling I think I texted this to Jake cuz it was like a chilling moment with no fans. Um, it, it, there was just, you know, as a fan that there was just so much riding on, on those two shots that, uh, you know, you get, you got that exciting feeling, you know, similar to like Tiger making, making a putt to win, uh, you know, uh, that he's done so many times. And that's exactly right. what I got out of, out of Morikawa at the end. So, uh, that's my favorite exact moment of the year. I'll agree. I think uh, having golf back is awesome, but I also think that uh, watching Colin kind of grow a little bit from uh, a lip out against Berger at the Colonial to uh, winning a major, great thing. I also, uh, you know, you've seen some some fun storylines this year, like with Brandon Todd and some other guys that uh, have kind of come out of the woodwork. I would include Berger in that too, not out of the woodwork, but just have fought back from whether it was a mental or swing issue that they had in the past and uh, are playing now. Um, all right. So we've got, uh, we're about to have 125 guys in the, uh, in the playoffs. You guys need to start thinking about who, who you're going to pick next week to be the FedEx cup champ. Cause I'll be asking that in the next episode. I, uh, close of another season guy. It's been a great run, a uh, regular season. I uh, can't believe yeah, this wild. is already our second one. And, you know, a little different with COVID Jakey's about to start school. Uh, Vinny's got a new house, new, new fiber. And, uh, <laughs> here I am with two dogs. By myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, guys, we hope you enjoyed the PGA Championship. I know we did. 
looking forward to uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs starting. Always like watching that and, and seeing guys, you know, play for three X points, and, and especially with the uh, interesting format we have at East Lake now in three weeks, and then the U.S. Open. But I hope everybody has a chance to play this weekend. If you can, if the weather is nice, it is hot as shit here in Houston, but I'm getting out and playing as much as I can. Uh, Jake, I hope you're doing the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and your golf. Are you having golf season this year for high school? Or we don't. We don't know. We'll we'll find out for sure um, on the 21st. That's when the state will do their final vote. Uh, I'd say it's probably not looking great, but we we just we don't know. We're we're gonna see what happens. Um, yeah, we'll see. Before before we send it out to, I want to make uh, want a quick apology, and then also want to mention something. One, we talked all about the PGA, and we didn't talk about DJ which is very, that's kind of like very Dustin Johnson-like, right, in the end that we somehow skipped over talking about the final round leader. Um, and then the other thing, the USAM is on this week. That's some golf that you should definitely be checking out, people yep. out there listening. It's at Bandon Dunes, and it's in prime time. So 7 to 9 p.m., you can watch live golf at Bandon Dunes, which is just I mean, it's going to be amazing to watch that uh, on TV. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, I I also love the West Coast Golf just because you can watch it till like 11 p.m. local time. It's so good, yeah. Um, All right, guys. Well, uh, with that, Vinny, why don't you uh, go ahead and take us home? All right, ballers. We appreciate you checking in for the PGA recap and a little glimpse of what's coming up at the Wyndham and talking about all the guys trying to punch their ticket to the playoffs. Uh, If you're getting out this weekend to play, things just don't go right on the first tee. Don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. We'll be talking to you after the window. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.